This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. It's to speak to situations. Situations arise, actually. Situations arise so that you as a believer can speak to it. Situations arise so that you can speak to the situations. Situations like Job situations, job um, problems, uh, uh, marital problems, uh, uh, health problems. You speak to it as one with authority. You take authority of situation. You don't take authority over people. You don't take authority over human being. We are all here to rule and, and dominate. Hallelujah. We take authority over what? over situations and circumstances. We take authority and make sure that that thing understands who is boss. Because there is a level of authority that is inside of you as a believer. You must be able to know the word of God, to know how to speak to situations when they arise. I want us to look at our text this morning, which is taken from Mark chapter 17. Mark chapter 17, verse number 20. Mark 17, 20, and it reads, it says, you shall say unto this mountain, be removed to go yonder, to a yonder place, and it shall be removed and nothing. Somebody say nothing. Nothing shall be impossible to you. So here, Jesus Christ is letting them understand their authority as a believer. It's not, if you want to speak to a literal mountain and say, mountain be removed, then you can do that. And believe God that that mountain will truly be removed. But this God was, uh, Jesus was giving us an understanding of what it means to have authority Amen. He says you will speak to a mountain. You what? You will speak to a mountain and that mountain will be removed. And it says furthermore that nothing shall be impossible to you. Now the question is how many believers really believe that? That absolutely nothing shall be impossible to you. We need to understand how to speak to situations, how to speak to things. We need to understand that when we are faced with a situation, what we are supposed to do is exercise our authority. And we must make sure that when we exercise our authority, we're seeing it happen. That's where the faith comes in. Amen. The Bible says in this scripture that we will speak to a mountain. Most individuals are not speaking to the situation. They're talking about the situation. Most people are speaking about, they're going about in a circle on the situation. They are not speaking to the situation. The command is that you speak to the situation, not talk about the situation. So people will be like, oh, well, I'm broke. I ain't got no money. You know, I'm not, I don't know if we're going to, you know, telling their children things like that. Well, you know, we don't have money. 
<laughs> you don't have money. My sister used to say that to me when I first came to the United States. When I, you know, a, a child, I was 10 years old, and she, I'll be jumping on the bed, you know, jumping and, you know, lots of energy. You don't have insurance. <laughs> you don't have insurance. You hurt yourself, that's it. I just ship you back home, so be careful. Yeah, that's, she, didn't have to, she didn't have to spank me. She didn't have to do anything. All she had to let me know was, don't compare yourself with American children. You're not American. You don't have insurance. So it's not about speaking around the situation. It's not about speaking about the situation. You see, most of us, when we're, there is a situation in our lives, we call our friend and we're talking about the situation. We're constantly talking about the situation without speaking to the situation. The Bible says, pull up that scripture again. Pull up that scripture again. It says you will speak to the mountain. Not talk about the mountain. There is a mountain in my backyard. And it's just really, I don't even know what is it. I mean, you know, it's just terrible. This mountain, I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm just broken. I'm just this and that. And, you know, they said that I have high blood pressure. And they, have, they said I have this. And they said I have diabetes. And speak to the high blood pressure. Speak to the diabetes. Speak to the situation. Don't talk about the situation. The Bible did not say that you should speak about the situation. The Bible says you speak to the situation. It says you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to go there, and it would move. Nothing. Nothing will be impossible to you. Whatever you say is what you're going to see. If you keep talking about the problem, you will see the problem. Because the Bible did not tell you, and you did not get a command to speak about the problem. You have authority to speak to the problem. So if you're experiencing anything, let's say you're experiencing situations with your children, they're acting a different way. Instead of you to continue to say, why are you acting the way you're acting? You're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing all of this. Speak to that situation. So I don't know, let me give an example of what children do these days and they just, you know, I don't know. So let's say your child is, um, no, let's say, let's say they said your child is bipolar. That would never be your portion in Jesus' name. And then you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, they said the child is bipolar. Oh, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the bipolar. I'm seeing the bipolar. I'm seeing how it's manifest. You begin to call, let you call, describe it. Describe the bipolar. Keep describing the bipolar to the child and watch for the manifestation. That is not the instruction that the Bible says. The Bible did not say you should speak about the bipolar. The Bible says speak to it. Bipolar, I command you in the name of Jesus. My child can never be bipolar. I'm using the worst case scenario. Put your own situation. There are situations that we go through and we talk about it instead of speaking to it. Bipolar, I call you by name. There is a name that is above every name. The Bible says at the mention of the name of Jesus, every other name must bow. Bipolar.
ruler, I command you to bow. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's diabetes. Diabetes. As you're speaking to the diabetes, make sure you're walking. Sister, sister, sister Bimbo, call her up. She's the walking champion. Glory to God. Speak to it, but at the same time, don't be eating all kind of crazy stuff. They said that diabetes is rising, and then you're eating sugar before you go to bed every night. Every night. And then you wake up in the middle of the night, have some cookies. And then in the middle of, <laughs> and then when you're frying all of that meat, you ate about half of it. And you said that you have diabetes. I'm speaking to the diabetes. I'm speaking to it. You better speak to it and then also start walking. Call up Sister Bimba. Everybody say, call up Sister Bimba. If you're on her, if you're on her social media, on her WhatsApp, every day she don't miss it. And she'll be like, <laughs> but she's getting it done. Hallelujah. She's been motivating me to start walking. and say, uh-uh, Sister Bimba, you ain't about to look cuter than me. I'm going to start walking too, glory to God. It is very important for us to understand that there is a level of confidence we must exercise in the word of God. Now, it is also important for us to understand that if you do not know who Christ is, you can never know who you are in Christ. And when you don't know who you are in Christ, anybody can tell you who you are. A doctor can tell you who you are by a diagnosis. Well, you know, um, Miss, Miss, Miss Smith, you know, you can't do all of those. You can't fly just anyhow all over the world the way you want to. You have lupus. You have lupus. So, you, Miss Smith, you better make sure that, you know, you do A, B, and C. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. You may not be able to yet. But if you do not know who you are in Christ, then you have allowed the doctor to tell you that you have lupus. Instead of you to make sure you understand who you are in Christ. Let me tell you, if you don't know who you are in Christ, then you have something called identity crisis. Identity crisis are individuals you have no idea. So when A comes and says, this is who you are, okay. B comes and says, this is who you are. Okay. And C comes, this is who you are. You, your, your kids are depressed. Okay. No, it's not okay. If you do not know who you are in Christ, you will have what? Identity crisis. People who have identity crisis begin to lose their self-image, self number one. They lose who they are, they lose their confidence, they begin to have anxiety because they do not know who they are and whose they are. When you do not know who you are, you are lost. You have identity crisis. They can tell you because you are experiencing part of hormone you're experiencing a particular feeling and you go to someone that speaks over your life and say you're bisexual. You have allowed them to speak into your life and you have accepted what they have said because you already have identity crisis. 
when you don't know who you are in Christ, you will have identity crisis. But when you know who you are in Jesus, you will understand that I stand and I stand therefore. And I have a level of authority. You don't go by your feelings. You go by what the Bible says. Amen. If you go by your feelings, the people that have been married for 50 years, 60 years, they would have walked out of that marriage. Because marriage is not every day you feeling, oh God, he's just so sweet. Oh God, my husband is just so sweet. He's not sweet all the time. Can I keep it real with somebody? Sometimes you like, Sister <laughs> Kweju. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> if not for Jesus, so <laughs> I'll be doing a lot of that. <laughs> you know, I don't say it to him. I say it when I'm driving to work. <laughs> I'm doing a whole lot of, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can't take this. I'm just not going to be able to take this. If I go by my feelings in that moment, I would have divorced long time. If I go by my feelings, I would have divorced a long time ago. Because marriage is not all sweet and dandy. And you feel like, goo, 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 ga, ga. there is no goo, goo, ga, ga. Half of the time, let me keep it real. There's no goo, goo and there's no gaga. Ga. There's only goo, goo. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keeping it real. I like to keep, you know how you guys, I like to keep it real. It's not always like that. And if I go by my feelings, I don't know who I am in Christ. I don't know that I can speak to that situation. That how am I going to be having a word or a situation be putting um, issues? And then my husband, he turns this way. I turn that way every night. I said, no, 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 no. I'm a child of God. There are some things that our husbands will do and our wives will do that we need to speak at midnight. Speak to it. So the choice, it's very easy. We can have choice. You know what? I'm packing out. This is ridiculous. I don't have to take this. True, you don't have to take it. But you are a child of the kingdom. You have authority. You can speak to the situation. Amen? You can address the situation. Amen? Look, this is not just in marriage. It's also with our children. If I go, especially when my children were growing up, if I go by how I feel, Sister Evelyn, with my children, I would have beat them. In fact, sometimes I feel, I want to, I just want to choke, I want to choke literally. Can I, can I, can I tell you the honest truth? I want to choke them. I want, ah, the way they anger you. I feel like choking them, choking them. If I go by my feelings and I don't understand who I am in Christ, my children can move me sometimes to the point where you overdo it. You can beat them to beyond that you two you know. You are, you, you are, you are out of control because of anger. Amen. So it is very important for you to, you know, even with words, when you understand who you are in Christ, when you feel lost, find yourself in Christ. I'm going to be able to speak to this situation. This child, the way this child is acting, oh my Lord. I'm not going to act in my 
self, my, my fleshly self, but I'm going to act as an authority, someone, a, a, a believer that, it, that has authority. So I'm going to speak what I want to see in that child. I begin to speak it over them instead of me feeling like I want to choke them. Because I remember, oh my gosh, many, we have had like maybe two houses destroyed because we had three children under the age of five at one point. They, they, they would swim in the bathtub. Both of them, all three people in the bathtub swimming, plugged, water still running, and they're jumping in like they're diving. And the house, the, the ceiling completely destroyed, holes all over the wall. And you're like, don't you want to talk to somebody like that? <laughs> Do you know how much money Pastor and I have paid to fix homes because when you're giving the if you want to sell the home you want to rent the house are you going to rent it with water damage there was one time tommy had her twin sisters hanging by their underwear on the doorknob and they were swinging i said y'all i said that ibadon yeah that is how can you be in america you've never been to africa and you acting like children who don't have toys. <laughs> because when you don't have swing in Nigeria or wherever you came from, you figure out and you improvise. When you don't have cars to drive, you get a, the, the rim of a car. <laughs> and I'm trying to wonder, I bought them toys. They have dolls to comb their hair. No. Tommy had her twin sister hung on the door with their underwear and they're swinging back and forth. And the daddy comes and he's like. The battle blood. You can, you can give, them, give birth to them anywhere. But that battle blood is calling them. If we go by how we feel, we will misbehave. And a child that has identity crisis always misbehave. When you have identity crisis, you do not know who you are in Christ and how to speak to situations, you begin to what? Misbehave. Someone with identity crisis lacks confidence. They have identity crisis. They feel jealous of somebody else. When you have identity crisis, you don't know who you are in Christ. You get jealous of your neighbor. But when you know who you are in Christ, you can celebrate your friend. You can celebrate your neighbor because you know. Oh, there's this song that's coming to me. It's a beautiful song. I don't want it to be like, you know, every, every Sunday I'm singing, you know, Yoruba songs. But I'm going to sing just one line of it. I'm going to try and celebrate it. I, I'm translating. But when you see somebody going through and God is blessing them, and it's, if you are in Christ, you're going to be like, wow, God is doing Wow, you bought this big house, this beautiful house, and you go there, you celebrate with your sister. It's going to be like, which money does she use? They'll be doing all kinds of stuff. 
That's people with identity crisis. You don't know who you are in Christ. Because if you do know who you are in Christ, as you're celebrating with your sister, and you're getting in your car, and you're going home, you're going to be singing, like That says, I'm not going to tell you I want to sing. I want to sing. It says, soon and very soon, hallelujah, mine is coming. When you don't have identity crisis, and you know who you are in Christ, when your sister is blessed, you're going to be like, sis, you're blessed. I tap into this blessing. I'm not going to be jealous of this blessing. I tap into it. In fact, I'm going to bring you a housewarming gift because I know. Oh, my God. Pastor, I'm not the one singing. When you don't have identity crisis, you know that soon, soon your own is coming. Amen. In the olden days, with our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers, back then, when one has, you know, there used to be in polygamy and all of that, and we saw some of that also in the Bible. When one has a baby, instead of her to celebrate with her, carry the baby. In fact, in the olden days, I had a sister that used to be in this church. Ted, you, her grandmother, the, the, okay, so like, let's say how you had um, uh, Shekemi. Now, grandma, not your mom, uh, your husband's mom, A.K.'s mom, breastfeeds the baby while you are at work. <laughs> she said, ew. <laughs> I hope mom is nice. You shouldn't have said that, bro. She said, ew. There's nothing coming out, and sometimes there is something coming out. There's nothing coming out. We're just to pacify the baby. That's what they used to do back in. Look, they didn't just do it in Africa. They did it right here in the United States of America. Black nurses, they call them wet nurses. They go around breastfeeding white babies. And then I'm wondering, listen, you letting her breastfeed your baby, but she can't use your bathroom? Your milk, your blood is in their stomach. And then they can't use your bathroom? But let me get back to what I'm saying. So in those days, they would breastfeed. So, and I thought about it. When, I first, when she first told me, I was like, oh, Lord, that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's kind of weird. But then I thought about it. What if it was my mom? If my mom breastfed me, why can't she breastfeed my baby? She breastfed me. She breastfed me. So she can breastfeed my baby. So then I was like, how will I then tell if I walked in on my mother-in-law breastfeeding my babies? Am I going to snatch the baby? First of all, our culture would not even allow me to. I'd just be like, go and tell my husband, you better go get your mama. You better go get your mama. You better go get your mama. But then, but then if I don't have identity crisis, according to, you know, this is not like a law or anything. I'm not saying that anybody has to do this. But if I don't have identity crisis and I really think about it and I don't want to make a scene, this woman breastfed this man. He didn't die. He don't have HIV. What, what are we afraid of exactly? You know, but the reason why I said that is to say that it is important for us not to have identity crisis. And the reason why I went into all that is to say in the olden days, instead of them to rejoice, look, let, I'll make, this is our baby. Let's celebrate together. First of all, the other one will be like, our baby, uh-uh. You might try to, 
they will be doing evil things to make sure that these babies die. They'll be start doing, you know, witchcraft to make sure that this baby died. Why? Because she doesn't have her own baby. And so she's jealous of her, the second wife or the third wife. And because she doesn't have any babies, she's doing all of this witchcraft so that her babies, either they die young or they don't become anything in life. And we see all of those kind of things. And those type of things are seen in people who have what? Identity crisis. That should not be amongst believers. If your ancestors did that, that should not be something that you partake of. Because you know better than them. You are a child of the kingdom. You are a child of light. There is no reason why the spirit of jealousy should be in you. If your sister is doing something, celebrate with her and tap into the grace. Lord, use her as a point of contact. You are the same one who did that for Teju. Lord, I know that soon and very soon, you're going to do the same for me. I remember they said that Creflo Dollar, is either it was Creflo Dollar or somebody else, one of his friends, bought a jet. And somebody, anybody know about this story? Bought a jet. And then, you know, Creflo Dollar, he's like, well, I don't have a jet. So immediately the guy said, oh, the Lord just blessed me with a jet. He took out his checkbook. And he wrote a big number, as big as he could afford. And he said, I am sowing this seed inside of this, what you just said. Because I want the same. And so I'm going to bless you. Because I know that in blessing you, I am tapping this grace, this anointing. So that is another way of celebrating somebody else. When you are not able to celebrate someone else, you do not know who you are in Christ. And you have what they call identity crisis. Jealousy is an identity crisis. Lack of, of knowing who you are causes you to be intimidated by other people. When you have identity crisis and you do not know your authority in Christ, then you are intimidated by people. That person on the job that is up, that's constantly coming at you because of your accent, they, it's not, they're not judging you based on your performance because you all read the same book and you can both give the same injection or you can all prescribe the same medication or you can all write the same software. Have I covered everybody? Engineer, everybody. But because of your accent, there is an issue and they're constantly picking at you. And so you go home, you call off, you cry. Before you go to work, you have palpitations. That's somebody with identity crisis. You may have an accent, but you are a child of the living God. And you speak to the situation. Everyone that would give me, make me uncomfortable on my job, I speak to the atmosphere and they must bow. Because I am a child of God and I speak that whosoever wants me to be uncomfortable will fail in the name of Jesus. When they come to me to try to intimidate me, they will bow and be like, oh, 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 you're cute. <laughs> Instead, hallelujah, somebody. You must not, someone with identity crisis are those that are intimidated by people. He said you should go and speak to the girl. 
But because you're sure, you're like, no, she, no, no, let's forget it. She's not going to say yes. I'm too short for that. You know, you know, you like tall babes. But because you're sure, you're like, I'm intimidated. I'm, I'm intimidated. If she just goes, one of her legs, if she just goes like this to my head. You know, she just, not hit him, but like go, she can literally swing her leg over his head. So he's intimidated. That's because he's short. He does not know his authority. Amen. The Bible, this Paul that wrote a very huge majority of the Bible. The Bible says that Paul was kind of short, but mighty. Look at me. So, and I wonder people tell me that I'm intimidated. I'm like, but I'm cute. Like, how can I be intimidating? Cute and intimidating at the same time? That doesn't go in the same sentence. A lot of people find me intimidating, and I think it's ridiculous. If you find me intimidating, that means you do not know your authority in Christ. Do I hear an amen? So back to the brother who is short. If you have identity crisis, you will never, ever be able to speak to any female because you feel you have a problem, and your problem is that you're short. But then, if you understand what you carry, and you look beyond, if you cannot look beyond your insecurities, or let me not use the word insecurity, if you cannot look beyond your shortcomings, then other people will not be able to look past your shortcomings either. Because when you cannot look past your, you cannot overcome your shortcomings, you wear it. I'm short. So you walk even worse. <laughs> I'm short. Or I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm depressed. <laughs> I'm sad. <laughs> people, people don't want to mess with people that wear their situations on their sleeve. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. Remember I said earlier, it's not about how you feel. It's about what the Bible says. So you may be short, hallelujah. Amen. You may be short, but when you have the boldness to go to that sister finally, after you've missed like five of them because you were not confident, five has gone by, but then you finally have the confidence to speak to that woman and that woman says to you, wow, I like the way you're short. It's so cute. It's not, Ted just said, ah, <laughs> maybe she likes her men tall, but there are actually some women who like short guys. I'll give you another example. For the longest time, Pastor married late. He married in his 30s, right? He married me in his 30s. And all of this time, everybody kept telling him, you know what? The problem is this stomach. You are fat. You're going to lose weight. You're too big. You're too big. Look at your stomach. You're not even married yet. Look at your stomach. And Pastor was like, oh, my God. What am I going to do? I'm not going to find out. The moment Joyce Sonic came from the U.S. of A., when I stepped into the situation, ha, I said, I, I said, you know, I was an American. So, you know, you know, coming to Nigeria, I was swinging my, I, I stepped into the situation. And my husband was, you know, he got the boldness to speak to this American chick. And I said, I love your belly. <laughs> you like a teddy bear. Because I have always known I'm a very strong person, you know. I've always said, I don't want a guy where we're in, we, we are laying next to him, we're about to go to sleep, and I'm laughing, ah! and I knock him off the bed. I, I'm that strong. Like, I can knock somebody off the bed. So I needed somebody hefty, somebody that's rumor rumor. <laughs> I needed somebody that if I push them, ah, ah, me too. You know, if I push them like this, they'll be like, ah, 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 they're still there. So I wanted a teddy bear. My brother, I wanted the stuff that they said is disqualifying him is the main reason why I went for him. 
saw the teddy bear nest. I said, my gosh, I just want to hug. I, who wants to be next to bone? That's how I was thinking about it. I'm bony, and then I'm going to be with a bone. It's not going to work. I wanted a teddy bear. So when I hug him, and he hugs me, and then he would hug me. and I get, Maybe that's where um, one of his sons in the Lord, pastor, he'll go to the office, pastor, give me tight. Because when he hugs me, I know that, yes, something is there. You know, praise God. So what am I saying? The same thing that they said is going to disqualify him. The very same thing that you think is going to disqualify you when you are in Christ and you understand your authority in Christ and you're bold and not intimidated by situations or people, then you'll be able to rest assured that God will bring to you at the set time. Somebody say, I have a set time. There is a set time for your breakthrough. It may not be the same time as your friend, but your set time is your set time. Look, when I was in school, I was the least that they thought would marry because I was disqualified by certain things. They thought for sure everybody else that was going to college with me will marry before me. But because our God has times for everybody, he made it where I was the very first one. The one they thought would not marry. I am the one that is married. Not only am I married, I have stayed married. I have, there are places, there are people that we, Pastor and I, we both know that were a part of our lives, part of our wedding. Some of them are on their second and third marriages. Not only that, yes, I got married first among my, my peers. But there are some that they were eligible. Everything was perfect. They didn't have commas and buts like me. They are still not married. So do not think of yourself. Disqualify yourself. You must be able to understand that there is no situation that will intimidate you because of your authority as a believer. Look, your authority is not just speaking because, yes, it's mostly speaking. You exercise your authority, but it's not only speaking. When you read the word of God and you understand who you are, you act like it. You walk like it. When you know you're not depressed, your head will not hang down. It will be straight up. Maybe the reason why you have not found a spouse is because you are depressed. Your head is hung low. No one can notice you and see your glory. But when you know who you are, you stand tall. You fix your hair. You walk boldly. And you go into the situation. Look, I am the same girl that they disqualified that I would not marry. But then when my husband saw me, he said, oh my God, I am not letting you go. Somebody else's poison is another man's blessing. Hallelujah. Stand with me this morning. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.